Hello, welcome, and thanks for checking in today to No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer. I'm an Airbnb ambassador and 17-time super host, and I've hosted over 1,000 reservations. I'm a stay-at-home mom of two under two and manage my eight listings remotely. My mission is to help new and experienced vacation rental hosts turn their listings into fully booked, profitable properties that can be managed from anywhere, so you too can have no vacancies. If that sounds good to you, let's get right into the show. to another episode of No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer. Before we jump into today's episode, I have to remind you that this is your last chance to buy five-day hosting crash course tickets before the next round of the crash course starts next Monday. If you're listening to this in real time on Wednesday, August 17th, we are just five days out from the next round of the five-day hosting crash course, and it won't be back until probably November. So if you are thinking you're going to start hosting anytime in Q3 or even Q4 of this year, get the course in now so that you know what you're doing and you're prepped and ramped up and ready to go. This is the course that you need if you are starting from square one. Even if you've already been hosting, but you've been hosting for about six months or less, I promise you will find this course so immensely valuable. In just five days, we cover all of the topics that you must have a foundational understanding of in order to be a successful host. Day one, we cover financials, how to analyze potential markets and run your numbers. Day two, we talk about interior design, how to stand out on the platform. Design is one of the most important parts to getting booked, and we cover how to actually do it on a budget and do it in a way that's not just beautiful, but is actually functional for your Airbnb to run. There's a lot more to a short-term rental design than just standard interior design, and that's what we cover on day two. Day three, we go into all the boring stuff, as I like to say, but the stuff you need, taxes, insurance, permitting, starting an LLC, all that good stuff right there. And day four, we talk about automation and how to host remotely. As you guys know, I host from two hours away. I check on my properties in person at this point, like once a quarter. I have got things running like a well-oiled machine at my properties and I am able to host from home. That's what we cover on day four. Day five is open-ended Q&A and we will go as long as we need to to get through all of your questions that day. In previous rounds of the course, we've gone as long as four hours. You don't have to sit through all four hours if you're not able to. Trust me, I get it, but you'll be able to watch the replay of that Here's a trick. You can watch that on one and a half times speed and just breeze through those questions. But my promise is that on day five of the course, we will go through every single question that you guys have. As long as you signed up to be there, I will make sure that I get to your question no matter how long it takes. And the best part is the five-day hosting crash course is under $100 for five days of content. And you do not have to tune in live for any of the sessions. Replays are available for all of them. So do not stress if you are in a different time zone or you have any conflicts. I will put the link to sign up for the crash course in the show notes below. Do not miss this round if you are considering hosting at all anytime in the rest of the year. And now for this week's episode, I am so excited to have had the chance to interview Bryce Connell. He runs a vacation rental management company, and the reason I wanted him specifically on is because his properties are so freaking cool, you guys. He puts a huge emphasis on only taking on properties that have some sort of experience tied to them, whether that's a saloon on the property, a mini golf course, a drive-in theater, an outdoor movie theater. Every single property that he touches has something so unique and fun to it, and I just wanted to really pick his brain on how he's able to pull this off. So many of us hosts are just trying to keep up with regular maintenance on the property and then add a shipping container swimming pool. Yes, he literally has one of those. Add bathtubs or hammocks or all sorts of things that you can creatively come up with to throw it in the desert nonetheless. Most of his properties are in the middle of Joshua Tree. And I'm just so fascinated on how he is able to maintain a five-star experience and make sure that these amenities are 
designed well to withstand the elements and that they are maintained and not going out of order. I just had to get inside his head because I think all of us have these really creative ideas on what we could do with our properties, but executing them is a whole different story. Bryce knows exactly how to do that. And today I went in depth asking him every question that I could think of on how how to hack this whole thing and how to make it accessible to us to put these really cool amenities in our properties. I hope you guys enjoy this interview. And if it inspires you to go put some really cool new features or amenities in your property, DM me. I will forward it to Bryce. I'm sure he would just be so stoked to see what impact this episode has and how it inspires you guys to improve your own listings. Here we go. Bryce, do you want to introduce yourself? And thank you for being here today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Um, so my name is Bryce. I'm the founder of Hugh Home Rentals. Um, we specialize in, you know, experiential Airbnb properties, short-term rentals. Um, you know, one of the biggest things that we do is go in and create these awesome amenities that you're not going to get anywhere else. And so uh, it's a really good time working with the owners, coming up with these crazy ideas and implementing them into the properties. Uh, and then from there, one of the other things that sets us apart is our social media. And so branding, PR, you know, partnerships with brands and influencers and giveaways and all of that to really, you know, get that property shown to more people, um, you know, with the hope of it, you know, going a little viral and uh, bringing more people to uh, not only that area, but your house is a destination. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I really love in your social media. And again, please, you guys go take a second right now to actually go look up the Instagram account. I will link it in the show notes below. Um, but all of the amenities that you have on your properties are so neat. What is it? There's um, built out decks with cowboy pools, hot tubs. You have an outdoor theater in one of them, a saloon. What am I missing? Outdoor showers. Um, yeah, so we've tons got of hammocks. Um, <laughs> shipping container pools. Um, we've got yoga rooms. I just personally bought my own Airbnb in Joshua Tree, and I'm putting in a par three golf hole, a full so drive-in cool. movie theater. Um, you know, we've got like the hanging beds out in yeah. the middle of the desert, so you can you know look at the stars and things like that. But um, yeah, we try to get as crazy as we possibly can. I've been having conversations with people lately about putting you know, ball pits with slides down into them and, uh, you know, mini golf courses and just all sorts of crazy things. Oh, I have so many questions for you. My mind is literally racing. Like (laughs) I want to know, okay, let's just take it one at a time because I'm just, I'm so energized by this. But one thing I have to just like compliment to you is right now we've all seen that Airbnb is putting such a huge focus on the unique stays and unique properties However, I still think that there is a demographic out there. Well, I know there's a demographic out there that no matter what does not want to stay in a teepee or a treehouse. They still will want running water, AC, Wi-Fi, four walls and a roof. And I think what you're doing so smartly is combining the actual homes with these really unique amenities outside. And you're kind of like marrying the actual, you know, actual real homes with unique aspects to them. It's just so brilliant. And I feel like you're giving, it's really like appealing to so many different demographics who want something unique, but still want to retire at the end of the night to a standard home. How do you find these properties and owners to work with? Yeah. So real quick to touch on what you were just kind of saying, like the big reason why we got into doing that is because, you know, the way I always look at stuff is what would myself, my friends, my wife, my family, you know, want to stay in, mm-hmm. right? And use that as kind of the basis. You know, the other thing is we started in Joshua Tree where you kind of needed to have these amenities to compete when we first started. Yeah. And then also the big demographic going there is Orange County, San Diego, LA, mm-hmm. right? And so as much as these, you know, people see these influencers in the middle of the desert, you know, it sounds nice until you get there and you wake up and it's, you know, already 90 degrees out and dusty everywhere and you have nowhere to shower and all that. So um, that's why we kind of got to that point. But in terms of finding these properties and, um, you know, our clients, really the biggest way that we've gotten clients is referrals, word of mouth and social media. 
right? Mm -hmm. Um, We don't do any, you know, formal marketing or anything like that. And we did that for a reason. Um, I had a company before that grew way too fast in terms of short-term rentals. And we were taking on everything and and anyone that would work with us. And it's just too difficult to run a business that way. And so we made the decision to really focus on a boutique style with amazing properties and amazing clients to work with. Um, I, the idea is that if we, you know, create these awesome experiences, people will want to go to them. Um, you know, they'll blow up on social media. Other people will want to bring us houses yeah. that they want to do that way as well. Um, and the clients will do so well that they'll be able to purchase more properties mm-hmm. and, you know, tell their friends about it and stuff. And it took a while. I mean, we, we were kind of scraping by for a little bit and, um, you know, we had a couple big ones hit well on social media and, that's really propelled us forward over the last maybe seven, eight months. But um, I'm also a real estate agent. And so a lot of the times people are coming to me saying, Hey, I want to get into Airbnb. And then I'm consulting with them, you know, finding out what their budget is, a lot of type of stuff. And then saying, Hey, this is the best area that you can look in for your situation and your needs. And then I help them find the property and then we connect them with local people and we kind of guide them through the build out of the property and giving ideas and all that type of stuff. And so um, for us, you know, it's just been amazing to be able to have the clients that we've gotten early on. Uh, it's not easy to tell someone, you know, you need to put in uh, you know, mini golf course at your house to succeed. Uh, you get a lot of no's before you get yeses on that type of stuff. But, um, you know, once you get a couple of people that see the vision and believe in you and you're able to, you know, put it out there, then more people are willing to kind of follow suit. Uh, and that's part of the reason why I just bought my own house is, you know, there's certain things that I've wanted to do for a long time that I still get no's for. And I want to be able to do them and show people that, you know, if you do these types of things, it, it will make you successful. Okay, that's so you're not finding these properties just sitting out there with a movie theater already built in like you're you're working with the owners to basically sell them the concept that it's going to improve their ROI if they invest in this. So yeah. the owners that you do get pushback from, are you at a point in the business now where you just won't even take them on or what's kind of your, your workflow here? How, how much are you willing to sort of like push the owner? Does it depend on what, how much of a gem the property is itself, if it's worth keeping or I don't know. And kind of, if you have worked your way up to, this is a long question, I know, but (laughs) if you have now worked your way up to the point where you can reject certain owners that don't see your vision, how did, how long did it take you to get there? Like how long was it before you had the proof of concept? Long question, I know, but there you go. (laughs) Yeah, so um, I will say we are very, very busy right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have from, because we made all those mistakes with the last company, that was one of the first things that I implemented when we started this one. And with kind of our, you know, backing in terms of money, it was rocky for a while at the beginning because I was turning away so many clients or properties or whatever it might be. Um, when, you know, we're just kind of spinning, getting these things up and going, especially when I'm selling a house, going through escrow, building it out, launching it, that can take a long time. Right. And so our first couple of properties took forever. Um, up until December, we only had four houses that we were managing under our umbrella. Okay. Um, since then we're to about 35 that have signed on. Um, and so it's grown exponentially because it's proved that, if we have the right properties and the right clients, we will get referrals and word of mouth and all of that. Um, and so it, it took us probably like I said, you know, a couple of months ago, maybe six months ago before I was like, okay, the proof of concept is here. It is working. We just had to stick to our guns and really kind of focus on what we've already been doing. Um, but what I will say is there's no like black and white. We will work with you. or We won't work with you. or we work with your property or not. Right. I mean, there's, I guess flags that are raised if I'm talking to somebody and they're, you know, not having the same vision as us where I just will say, yeah, I don't think that this will be a good fit. And it's not always, you know, the person, it could be, you know, the finances that they have, right. You can still be very successful with, you know, a regular run of the mill Airbnb. Right. But for us, because we, it takes the same amount of time to run a property that's making $20,000 a month as it does a property that's making $3,000 a month. Mm -hmm. And we're making a percentage of that. And so 
we needed to make sense for us and we needed to fit our brand so that we can continue having the success that we're having. And so I'll still spend time kind of helping those people and say, Hey, here's what you should do. Here's what you shouldn't do. Like, Hey, maybe reach out to this person or whatever, but it's just might not be something that we're going to take on to our umbrella, at least at this time. Um, and so we've been turning people away for a while. I still do it. You know, I, I'm always wanting to go look and have a conversation with them and throw out my ideas. And if they're really not able to get it to kind of that bare minimum that we think will, you know, make it be a performer, um, then it's just really not worth it for either of us because, yeah. At the end, end of the day, I don't want anybody paying for our service if it's not going to help them mm-hmm. and, at, and at least offset the cost of the service. And one of the biggest things that we're able to do in terms of bookings is get you ranked higher. And at the end of the day, if I get you ranked to the top page of Airbnb because of what we're doing on the back end, if your property doesn't have enough amenities to compete with the properties on the first page, it's not going to get booked anyways. Mm-hmm. And so why pay us a percentage to do that for you if it's not going to bring you anything? And so it's one of those things where I just want it to work for everybody involved. Um, and so, you know, if it's a one bedroom that's making, you know, $6,000 a month, but it's one of the better one bedrooms in the area, then of course we'll take it because yeah. it's, it's, it fits the portfolio. And if that client, you know, really shares the vision and, and they're easy to work with and, um, they are at, willing to add to little things here and there, then of course we want to help that person out. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's somebody that's just like, oh, I, I bought this house and it's been a long-term rental for the last 10 years and I want to just turn into a, an Airbnb <laughs> and I don't want to paint and I don't want to redo the cabinets and I don't want to you know, add out. anything, then it, <laughs> yeah. it's not worth it, you know? So um, for us, I believe that there's thousands of ways to be, be successful in you know, Airbnb in general. Um, but that's all determined by what your idea of success is, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, um, for us, we just kind of, because of our brand and everything, hold everything to a lot higher standard. Um, and so we have to kind of keep that going across our portfolio or else, you know, it kind of kills the brand a little bit. So this leads me to my next question, and that is, how are you able to maintain the quality of the brand? I just, when I look at the amenities that you're offering, like the outdoor movie theater, my first thought is your first windstorm that you get in the desert, you're going to have rocks just pummeling through that thing and, and tear it into shreds. How are you able to upkeep when you've got such unique amenities? Are you able to find reliable work and contractors that have worked with, you know, cowboy pools and, and movie theaters and mini golf courses in the middle of the desert in Joshua tree. What has your experience with that all been and operating these amenities? Yeah. So because I've been in the industry for long enough, like I, I kind of know what will and won't work. And it's kind of trial and error too. Like I have clients that want to put, you know, just like miniature, um, putting areas in the desert. Right. And I keep saying it's a bad idea because the dust is going to fly all over it all the time and it's going to be a nightmare to maintain. Yeah. Right. But if you were to build it all out of wood and it was an actual mini golf course that has like little, you know, a statue things that are desert art type stuff around and you're kind of mm-hmm. hitting around them and things and it's all wood, you can blow that off pretty easily. Right. And it's still a really cool amenity. That's more of a desert style thing. You know, if you want, you know, more traditional style, then you're going to have to put it inside, right? And Mm -hmm. so do you have a garage you can convert into a game room or do you have an extra structure that you can use or something, right? And so we try to think through everything as best as we possibly can um, and do it realistically. So that outdoor movie theater, that's actually all steel going around. Um, It's cemented into the ground at the bottom. Um, It's up against the shipping container pool. So you're not getting a lot of wind that's kind of blowing it around. Mm. Um, And then those that's actually uh, white panels that go across the front of it. It's not like a fabric. Um, And so, you know, that partnered with we just have a little um, stand that you take the projector from inside and set it down on. um, And that's, you know, ran off of being charged inside. Um, so that is, you know, having to think about the elements and how they can affect each certain, each thing. Um, you know, like the drive-in movie theater that I'm doing at my property, um, we're going to have to really make that 
durable out there. Yeah. Um, and then I'm running a power line out to a waterproof box that I'm building that has a top that lifts up that you can just set the projector in and plug it in. Because even if I had the projector sitting out there, the heat's going to melt it, you know? Mm -hmm. So we have to kind of do the best with the circumstances. But at the end of the day, I think if you're creating that unique experience for someone, they're willing to overlook little things because they understand that you can't just have a projector in the middle of the desert just right. sitting there. It's not going to work if you go try to use it, if it's just, you know, sitting there in the heat. So um, that, and then obviously we have amazing local cleaners and stuff that we work with that do go and maintain kind of those things. And uh, we have awesome uh, local managers that uh, run all the maintenance and everything on the properties. And mm -hmm. so we haven't had too many big issues with that stuff, but we always try to think about, longevity of them and trying to do it in a way that's not going to be hard to maintain. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I am curious, like when it comes to designing out, you know, this, this mini golf course or putting out that, that screen for the theater, how do you, is this just all these ideas live in your head and you're just a super crafty hands-on person that can like throw this together? Or do you guys work with engineers or designers to bring these, these amenities to life? Yeah, so um, I do have a pretty crazy brain. Um, so a lot of these things I'm, you know, kind of always thinking about whenever we're traveling, I'll just come across, like I'll see something and it'll give me an idea in my head. And I've got note, the notepad on my phone that I always add stuff to mm -hmm. for this long list of stuff that I want to, you know, do with these properties. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm just constantly adding to that. And then whenever we have a new house, I just pitch as many ideas as I can to the people if it looks <laughs> like it would work with that property yeah. and they do what they want to do. Um, but we also have a great, you know, team of like local contractors and stuff that we work with. Um, and so for us, really what we're doing is making the connections and giving ideas. And then a lot of the in-between stuff comes down to the owner working with the contractor and really making it come to fruition mm, okay. um the first time for me to physically do it myself is at my own house and you know I'm, I'm working with two groups of contractors and i'm going to be out there all next week you know with the trencher i don't even know what a trencher is but i'm going to be digging trenches um just trying to do as much as i can on my own yeah um, i don't know if you saw my story last week i was pretending to be able to use a tape measure and it was falling all over me yes. and stuff <laughs> um yeah i'm not a handy person but <laughs> Um, I do have uh, kind of a brain where I can think, like, at least I can problem solve, right? I can think through what issues there could be and try to, you know, come up with an idea that would work and then pass that on to the contractors and say, hey, you know, this is what we're looking for. So, um, you know, another great spot is Pinterest. Yep. Um, and then we have some awesome uh, clients of ours that, you know, a lot of these things, they've taken my ideas and just ran with it too. And then I show up at the property and it's better than I ever even would have imagined. Oh. So. Um, what a testament to, I mean, that's just such a testament to the brand that you've created. Like we talked about at the beginning that you can find owners that you just have to give them a few nuggets and point them in the right direction. And then they will just yeah. run with it and, and bring it to fruition. That's amazing. I want to ask, since you call yourself a problem solver, have you had any <laughs> issues when it's just out in the field, the property's done, it's being rented, and the guest calls you that, hey, like, the hammock fell off or, you know, the saloon blew over. Like, what issues have you had with keeping these amenities functioning actually out in the real world? Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, we don't really have a lot of issues with the amenities themselves. I mean, we've had a couple barbecue fires lately. Um, <laughs> we've got to talk to our, our cleaners about making sure that those are cleaned out. Um, seems to be a little bit of an issue going on recently. Um, but yeah, I mean, the other day we got a notice from one of the guests that one of the hammocks had ripped, but it was right after the big monsoon that had just happened out there last yeah. week. So the way our, our business is set up is we don't do, we don't physically do the local management ourselves. Right. Right. So we've partnered with people in each area that we give all of our business to, and we work together to, you know, run these things. And so I don't physically deal with a lot of that stuff, but what has been successful for them is Instacart. Right. And mm -hmm. so anytime something's broken or missing or whatever, we can get the, the guest that thing within like 40 minutes. Um, and so, you know, the things that don't 
come on Instacart, like the hammock the other day that had, had ripped, we have five hammocks there. And so, you know, they showed us it and they're like, oh, it's not really a big deal. You know, just wanted to let you know. Yeah. And as soon as they checked out, we put a new hammock up and it was fine, you know? So it's, we haven't really run into a lot of issues with things like that not working and people being upset, but, you know, your best friend in Airbnb is refunds, you know? And for us, like we've coached our, our um, clients very well on the need for amazing reviews mm -hmm. for rankings and all that. And so every one of our clients, as well as us, think of each individual property as its own business. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be cost of doing business, right? And part of that is, um, you know, replenishing things and, um, fixing broken amenities and giving refunds for situations. And so that's usually one of our first lines of defense is like, Hey, you know, we're so sorry you couldn't use that amenity. Um, you know, here's a little bit of money back and it's usually not a big issue. Um, I think what people really want to see is that you're trying to fix the issue. Yeah. And sometimes things are outside of your control when you have all these amazing amenities for somebody, you know, I think it would be different if you had just one, amazing amenity for them to use. And then that broke because yeah. that could have been the only reason why they booked your place. But when you have a ton of other things for them to use, I think that, you know, they're able to move to the next thing and kind of forget about the one thing that was broken. Sure. Sure. So do you have like a go-to number that, Hey, when, when this goes down or it seems like you actually don't have that many issues with amenities not working, which I think really shows that you yeah. have built them to, to stand and to last. But do you kind of have a go-to formula that's typically, you know, if one amenity goes out or isn't available, let's give the guests whatever, 10% back, 20%, let's just refund that night. Uh, how do you kind of, I know it's not you physically that's administering the refunds and you've got a team on the ground that's doing it, but What's yeah, the, so the thought process we, that goes into that? We always have like, so we're, I'm in a group chat with our local manager and every one of our clients. And so we talk through all of these things. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times they'll say, hey, Bryce, what do you think? And I'll you know kind of give them my say. But a lot of times what I go to is just ask the guest. You know, at the end of the day, like you want them to be happy. And mm -hmm. so you say, oh, what, what do you think is fair in this situation? Depending on the guest, obviously. If, if they've already been there and they're nitpicking everything and, yep. and you know they're, they're, they're structuring themselves to get a refund or something, then, you know, you, you're not going to let them pick. You're just going to say, this is what it is, you know. Um, but, you know, a lot of times we'll kind of let them pick or, you know, just kind of play it by ear on, you know, what's kind of happened and what we think is fair in the situation. Um, you know, sometimes because we, we'll, we'll discount stays as we get closer. And so sometimes people are getting amazing discounts already, Yeah, you know, and so it's like, there's not much to really give in that situation. There's other times when people have booked, you know, holidays and it's way in advance and it's like, you know, $4,000 booking, you know, a hundred dollars back isn't anything, right. you know? So you really have to kind of play it by ear, um, and just work with them to make them happy at the end of the day. They're the guests. Um, they're the ones, you know, that are booking your property and, you know, you don't know their situation. A lot of times people are paying at the top of their budget because yeah. they love your property. And, you know, I think that's the issue that a lot of hosts have is they're emotionally tied to these properties. And so it eats away at them a lot more when people, you know, are asking for discounts and stuff for us it's more just a numbers thing and making sure that it makes sense for everybody involved. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if giving a little bit back up front is what gets them to be a repeat guest and tell their friends about the place and still post about you on Instagram and tag you and hopefully leave a five-star yeah. review, then it was worth it in every way. Um, yeah. When you ask people how much they want, do you ever get people who are just like, yeah, yeah 100%, like that's what we need to be happy? Or are most people pretty reasonable? Like, you know, we think- I mean, you're always going to get great. people like that. I mean, like last week we had, what was the situation? Um, uh, what was broken and they were all upset about it. Um, oh, it wasn't so, and th this is obviously a big thing, right? The, the cleaners had marked off and sent photos. They cleaned everything. The guest gets there. Nothing's been touched. Right. Oh my God. Um, and so they got there at like eight o'clock at night in Joshua tree by like nine o'clock or maybe they got there like eight 30. Um, by nine o'clock, we got the cleaners back out there and they were finished by 10 o'clock at night. Okay. Right. So 
the fact that we even were able to get that done in Joshua Tree that late at night on a Friday night was crazy. <laughs> um, but we gave them all these options. We said, look, you can either stay and we'll get the cleaners out there and we'll give you, you know, some sort of refund or, you know, we can give you a full refund and book somewhere else. Like, what would you like to do? And they said, we'll stay, right? And so we got it all clean for them. We felt horrible about it. And we said, okay, we're going to give you a refund for the first night stay, yeah. which I think is very nice in that situation. Like, oh, they had yeah. to wait an hour and a half which I get it, like, you know, you shouldn't ever have to wait. But at the end of the day, like a full night's refund for that is plenty. And at the end, they were like really fighting for 100% refund. And we're like, no, like, you know, I'm sorry. And they choose to stay. Yeah. And so we just, we just held to our guns on that one and just kept saying, no, like, this is your option. And finally, we had to kind of, you know, be a little bit uh, push hard on it where we were like, look, now your only two options are either take the refund or not, right? Like, I don't know what else to tell you. I think this is very fair in this situation. They're like, okay, we'll send us that. And they ended up leaving us a good review because they told us they loved everything about the stay in the house and everything. But um, it just obviously was dirty when they got there. And, um, you know, those things happen. I mean, when you have a lot of properties and, you know, I'm sure you maybe had that happen to you in the past before. It's (laughs) it's not fun. And as long as you're quick on it and you're you're trying your best to help them out, you know, people kind of see the good in it. But yeah, there's always going to be those people that, you know, are structuring from the beginning to try to get refunds and you just got to kind of play it right, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I know that story was a little off topic from the full conversation, but I'm actually so glad you shared that because I really think that too many hosts will let themselves be bullied into just giving full refunds because just this moment they get a whiff that the that the guest might leave anything less than five stars, they just like panic. And in that case, you, if they had left less than that, you probably would have gotten that review removed anyway, because it's so clear that it would have been a retaliatory review. But Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's really about finding that balance. Like you have to work with the guests and, and be willing to fess up when you when you guys screwed up on your end and it wasn't clean but at the same time you cannot let them dictate you around like that and just full on get the whole stay refunded while they're choosing to stay so yeah yeah, that's that's a good example and I'm glad you stuck to your guns on that one um I want to ask you with the amenities that you guys provide I know you said it's really just kind of you've got a going list and you you come up with these ideas but how do you know or do you not know which ones are actually going to pay back? And how do you have a way of calculating, you know, if you put in the mini golf course, we think it's going to raise your nightly rate by this much? Or are you really is it just more like, hey, I've got a good feeling I would book a place like this. And that makes me trust that other people would like it, too. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. Um, and that's why it's so hard to convince people sometimes, yeah. of, you know, just trust me on this. It's going to work. But you know, up until this point, anytime we add stuff, like, you know, it comes back with, you know, way higher numbers. And it, it, it honestly helps being in an area like Joshua Tree, because the returns are so good as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we're kind of finding out there is it is becoming so oversaturated that you have to always have the next best thing. Like we have properties that I've ran for a while out there that they were awesome when we first started, but they're just kind of run of the mill now because we haven't added too much to them. Right. And it's just like, everyone's always taken to that next level. Um, And so, you know, my conversation with a lot of people is be smart about what you add, right? Like sometimes people will just add something to add it because they think that it's cool, but it's not always going to be something that's going to bring more people to want to book your property. Right. Do you have an example of something like that? For Yeah, example. So somebody that I was talking to wanted to pay for these big metal angel wing things, right? Which Mm. is like five years ago, super cool in Los Angeles to take pictures against, right? Um, And it's like, even if that was bringing people to come to your property, they're going to take like three pictures with it and be done with it, yeah, right? And so it's like, it's not an actual amenity that's going to get people to want to come back and... Mm -hmm you know, go viral on social media or anything like that, right? That those are everywhere. Yeah. And so the way I try to look at it is like, okay, how can we best use this money to create better experiences for people? And experiences, I mean, like usable stuff, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, you know, like my house, I'm, I'm creating that uh, like par three golf hole, which is very cheap to do. I just have the land to do it, right? I literally yeah. bought for 200 bucks a, a green mat that you can hit off of, <laughs> put some rocks around it, 
put a pole in the ground on, you know, 80 yards away and put rocks in a circle around it. And you just hit and try to see who gets closest to the pin. And it's like, I know that my friends and a lot of people, you know, our age and stuff play golf. If they saw it in the middle of the desert, they're like, oh yeah, we'd be out there for hours competing against each other, trying to see who got closer. Right. And so that's something that you don't see anywhere else. Very cheap to implement. Right. Very easy to maintain. You just got to pick up the balls every once in a while. (laughs) And, you know, it's something that people will actually use. Um, And so that's what I try to kind of create is either, you know, really usable stuff that's not going to completely break the bank or something that is, you know, so unique that you don't really see it everywhere else. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like with the drive-in movie theater screen that we're, we're putting in, again, it's pretty cheap to implement. And two, you know, you're going to have people maybe one night go out there and drive and watch a movie or something like that. Mm -hmm. But what I see as a huge draw for it is photo shoots, Yeah. right? If you pulled up an old truck to it and faced it backwards and put a bed back there and, you know, took pictures back there and stuff, like that's something you just don't see everywhere else, right? Um, And so those are kind of the two things that I'm always thinking about. It's like, what's going to potentially, you know, go viral in terms of like photos or videos for like influencers and that type of stuff, photo shoots, or something that um, is so unique and usable that, you know, people are going to love it and want to come back just because of that. Yeah. And so how, you know, talking about these Instagrammable moments and going viral, how do you do content creation for the homes that you're that you're listing? Is it do you mostly rely on guests to provide that content and just tag you guys and you repost it? Or do you invest in each property getting a videographer out there and really nice quality images and, you know, getting models in the in the stock tank pools and stuff to show off actually using the amenities? Yeah, a little bit of it all. So um, we, part of our launch strategy is influencer stays, right? And part of our contract with all the influencer stays is giving us content to be able to use, Mm -hmm. right? Not only are they posting on theirs and tagging us, but we're also capturing that content to be able to use in our social media, our Airbnb account, you know, all those types of things. Um, So that's, that's a big way. We also have some local people in different areas that we're in that we can send out for a couple hundred bucks for the day to go, you know, grab some content when we need it. Um, but we actually have hired content creators that run the social media accounts for us, Okay, that they're the ones actually creating the content for us. Um, and so we're just sending them all the content that we have every once in a while, we'll send them out. They'll get their own content too. Um, you know, we've built some good relationships with, you know, awesome videographers that have, a lot of followers too. We've gotten, you know, awesome photographers that, you know, have models and brands and all that stuff for lifestyle shots. Um, so it's really about like finding the best way to get the content that's not going to completely break the bank, but also yeah. knowing when to spend up on stuff. Like I'm literally paying $4,000 for my house to fly this guy from Florida with yeah. a bunch of models that had all all have tons of followers and stuff to do full lifestyle shoots and stuff at the house. Yeah. Um, but it's worth it to me because I know how valuable that content is to be able to post and kind of blow up our own account um, and them all posting back at it. We have, you know, partnerships with giveaway companies like Locale Magazine and SD Foodies and stuff like that, that, you know, those are expensive to do, but, you know, bring a lot of followers with it and bring the eyes, which, you know, even if you get, two bookings out of that, it's paid for itself. Oh, yeah. You know, so um, it, it's a lot of that. But then I, I also saw your video the other day about, you know, not using just traditional real estate photographers. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, the guy that we use is from LA. His name is uh, Brandon, Brandon Stanley, Staley, Stanley. And he's phenomenal. He's a, like ar- like an architectural photographer. Cool. And okay. So he has like this crazy, unique look and angles and like he's walking around like staging everything and getting, you know, awesome shots of these properties that you just don't get from real estate photographers, you know. And so it's all about building that experience from the moment someone finds your property, whether it's through social media or Airbnb and carries them all the way through their stay 
and helping them envision themselves in those moments, you know, for themselves, um, I think I'll help sell the property. So you just got me thinking, do you get a lot of requests from people asking if they can get discounted stays to do content creation for you? I get it, but my properties are not nearly as cool as yours. So I can't imagine the messages you get of just everyone trying to weasel their way into a discount. Yeah, we get it. I mean, nonstop. We've <laughs> built like this huge Rolodex of different influencers and stuff. And, and honestly, like it takes a while to really figure out what's a smart move there or not. Um, like we do free stays all the time, right? But it's got to make sense yeah. to do the free stay. You have to make sure and they have the so, right audience um, and only do weekdays, don't ever block off a weekend for it. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. I mean, we've done a few weekends depending on the scenario every once in a while. Um, but mostly, yeah, it's, you know, we'll give you two nights. It's during the week, you know, and here's kind of, you know, our parameters. You yeah. can either take it or leave it type thing. And we've done some where it's like, you know, maybe it's a photographer that has amazing stuff, but they don't have enough followers. So we're like, all right, send us the content and we'll give you like 50% off or yeah. something. You know, so we'll work with people to try to figure out what the best, you know, use of that scenario is. But yeah, we have to turn people down all the time too. Cause I mean, the more I get into social media, the more I realize how fake some of it is in terms <laughs> of like the followers and likes oh, and everything. Yeah. And so we have to be really careful. We, um, when we first started doing social media for some of our accounts, we had like these people models with like millions and millions of followers. And we're like, oh my gosh, we got this person. We're all excited about it. And nothing comes out of it. And then now that we know how to look at like follower count and like all that, um, or like the type of the quality of the followers and everything, it's way easier to kind of pinpoint who's going to help you or not. And honestly, I'd much rather have somebody with 10,000 followers that's hyper localized and only does Airbnb travel type posts than some random Insta model that's super attractive that just posts pictures in her bikini that has a million. (laughs) right? Because nobody following her wants to go where she's at anyways, right? And so you really have to find the right demographic um, to make sure that, you know, you're going to get something out of it. Yeah, I could not agree more. If anyone out there is listening to this and considering using influencers to help promote your stuff, do not be swept up in the smoke and mirrors of follower account like there's so much more to look at what is their engagement rate does the does the content actually align with the brand that you're putting forward with the properties where is their audience located those are such uh more important factors to look at um i'm curious do you know if most of your well do you have a direct booking site or are you funneling all of your social media into the airbnbs yeah so everything's through airbnb um which Maybe you're going to this, but um, it's hard to see exactly like what's driving those people yeah, to us. You read my mind. Yeah. I wanted to know yeah, if, yeah. if but, you but can tell can most see, comes. Yeah, if most comes yeah, from. So what Airbnb we can or... see that we know it's working is a couple of things. One is that when we have like influencer stays or giveaways or whatever, you can see in your analytics of Airbnb like the, the view count yeah. go up. And like, that's fine and dandy, but if you don't get bookings going up during that time or your booking percentage doesn't go up, then it's hurting you more than anything. So you you have to keep an eye on that. Um, Like we made the mistake, one of my clients wanted to sell his house. And so we did a reel about the property and it being for sale and it jumped to like 10,000 views in a day on Airbnb, which is like crazy, but no bookings. And so it just buried it down on our, um, on the, the rankings. And it took us a while to like claw back out of that. Yeah. So we, you know, learn from that mistake. So we know that that helps, right? But also we had to shut down our biggest property retrograde retreat recently because of some permitting stuff. Mm. And we've been basically offline for about three or four months now. Where we can't take bookings, but we're still posting about it and everything. And we get three to four times a day, somebody reaching out, asking us how they can book it. And so that's telling us that those are all people from social media yeah. that are finding that and wanting to book. And so if we were live, we'd be, you know, packed full of bookings. But So that uh, listing is snoozed right now and they're reaching out yeah. to you on Instagram about it or they're finding the calendar is just blocked and they're actually reaching out on Airbnb. No, it's snoozed and they're reaching out on, on, okay. on Instagram. They okay. found it on Instagram and they wanted to book it. Wow. So that's really telling that the social media does pay off. What kind of occupancy rates are you guys getting on your properties? Um, I mean, 
this this summer has been tough, I think, for everybody across yeah. the board in all markets. But last year, we didn't have anything drop below like 95% all year round. That's um, this yeah. year, we're probably on average around like 85%, somewhere around there. You know, some properties are doing a little bit worse than others. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to say during the slow season. It's been, it's been tough in Joshua Tree this summer, I'll say that. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think everyone's feeling it a little bit. Okay, I know, you know, we're we're coming to an end here. So I want to finish on this. Every episode I always do an Airbnb quick tip and just something that listeners can put into action that same day. So is there anything you can advise us either a tip we can put into effect on the property itself, or maybe on our social media or maybe on our Airbnb listing? But what can what action item can you leave us with today? Yeah, I'll give two for uh, your actual Airbnb listing management. Okay. That's kind of my favorite thing is optimizing the listing itself. Make sure you fill out everything on Airbnb. Yes. Right? yes. They're going to rank you so much higher if you have filled out literally everything that they give you the option to fill out. And always go back and check if they've added new things and put something there. Like they just yeah. added the, or not recently, but they they gave you the ability to do the monthly stays. And we're never going to do monthly stays, but we just put every single month at some crazy number. So at least it's filled out. Mm. And that way, you know, they, they think that, you know, you're, you're playing into their game. Um, that and every two to three days, at least go in and change something in your listing. Yes. It's going to help you with your ranking a lot. So um, those two things, I think, you know, if yeah. you're not doing those already, make sure you're doing those. It's not a lot of work. Yeah, no, that's great advice. I, I preach the same thing. Fill out everything, put captions on your photos, write your own bio about you as a host and go through consistently check on all the amenities because they add new ones all the time. So just make sure you have yeah. things checked off um, and tweaking the pricing daily or every other day is always good. Thank you so much, Bryce. I just I I'm so inspired by you. If people I don't know if you even offer this, but if people wanted to like consult with you on potential amenities? Is that something people could reach out to you for? We're yeah. in the process of purchasing an Airstream and I have a vision to build out a really cool deck and pergola for it and do some sort of stock tank pool or hot tub. And I know I want to book a one-on-one with you and just run through all the <laughs> scenarios and ideas to bring it to life. Is that something people can reach out to you for? Yeah, for me, I mean, I I love passing off information. I've been in this industry for a long time, and I just want the whole industry to rise. Um, and so any way I can ever help out anyone, I mean, I'm always happy to hop on a call. I've spent hours on phone calls with people and never gotten anything out of it other than, you know, just the... You know, happiness, I guess, of, of yeah. being able to help someone out. So yeah, just reach out to me through my social media, you know, let me know kind of your situation. And I'm always happy to just schedule a call and, you know, talk to you and see if I can give you any advice. Sweet. Well, thank you so much, Bryce. I will link how to contact him in the show notes below and please go check out his properties. They are seriously so cool. And I need to, if, if you need an influencer to stay in one and shoot some content, you know, I'm always available. Yeah. I can make the time. Let's do it. Twist my arm. <laughs> no, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate your time and have a good one. Awesome. Thank you so much. Before we sign off today, you know it wouldn't be an episode of No Vacancy without an Am I the Airbnb hole. Let's go. This person posted in a hosting Facebook group, I open my duplexes on the weekends for room share during the summer months as they are highly lucrative. I got a request from a chiropractor doctor who was spending a night in town with her boyfriend. Long story short, a very drunk slash drugged 40-something showed up with a 20-something at 1 a.m. They had sex in the showers, creating all sorts of racket with loud moans and groans, breaking the toiletry dispensers, and left a flooded bathroom. Then upstairs with full surround, high decibel moans and grunts, they started at it again until the neighboring guests started calling me. I was there in minutes and requested they leave. They didn't, but did quiet down. I stayed in that duplex until they left the next morning. That was this weekend. She already left a review. How should I review her? I didn't sleep from 1 a.m. until 10 a.m. when she left with her pubescent boyfriend. I had to threaten with towing her car from one of my driveways and calling the police right at 10. 
my checkout time. She left 10 minutes after. I'm not afraid of a nasty review. I want to really describe my pain and suffering so others avoid this monster. She was completely unresponsive even when I knocked on the door for them to quiet down, but her moans and screams were those of a screaming monkey. Oh my god. And then he attached screenshots of the messages that he sent to the guest. We will call her Patty. Patty, I already had two noise complaints. If I get a third, I am sorry. I am going to have to cancel your reservation. I have three other guests and it is not fair to them as they have events tomorrow. This is my last warning. I hope you understand that it is 1.30 a.m. A hotel may be a better option next time. Patty, I am messaging Airbnb right now. Your noise level is insufferable. I didn't know I was going to have to subject all my guests to your noise in the middle of the night. First in the shower and now upstairs, please leave. Patty, I just went outside and see your car is still here. Please remove it or I will have to call a tow truck. Your behavior last night was highly disrespectful. And that is it. That is all that this host attached, all they posted, all the screenshots they had. I just, oh, stories like this just baffled me. And I know, hey, if you guys listen to my Airbnb hosting horror stories episode, you know that there is a lot worse than just guests having loud, obnoxious sex. So I, you know, putting this into perspective, it's not the worst thing in the world, but just the thought of having to sit, put yourself in this host's shoes and imagine having to send that message to your guests just saying, hey, can you please stop moaning and groaning and breaking the shower door and waking up the other guests here? I, oh my God, like my face is turning beet red just thinking about it. Guests, don't do this shit, okay? If you want to have loud, obnoxious monkey sex, Book a standalone Airbnb, not a shared room situation, okay? Most Airbnb listings are entire places. Go to one of those. This is so messed up to subject people to these sounds that they did not sign up to hear, okay? Someone can go watch a porno if they if they are in the mood to hear that. You do not get to just behave that way in a room share situation. Oh my gosh, this poor host, those poor other guests that were there. I'm so sorry to everyone involved here. Looks like you two got a good lay. Good for you. But oh my God, next time, can we just be a little bit more respectful about where we choose to get it on? Is that really too much to ask? Clearly, these two, they are the Airbnb holes. No doubt about it. And with that, it is now checkout time. Thanks for listening and I'll see you back here next week. Lastly, as Airbnb hosts, we all can appreciate a good five-star review. So you already know a great review on this podcast would mean so much to me. Please subscribe, review, share, and connect with me in the show notes below. Bye.